Strava Craft Coffee. It's rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground. Purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. Order online, it ships to you incredibly fast. You can try it at Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. CBD is non-psychoactive, has been known to help long-term migraines, decreasing anxiety, arthritis, IBS, etc., CBD has done wonders for me, and since I've been drinking Strava Craft Coffee, I find myself much less jittery, and I promise you a schedule and lifestyle in where I drink a great deal of coffee. I was starting to feel the effects of it, but CBD has given me a ton more energy and focus with none of the shakes and all of the negative things that come from coffee. So remember to go online, purchase for 20% off using code DNVR20. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 18 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. Use the promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off your entire purchase. Hey, I am your host for today, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor here at DNVR Rockies. And this is going to be a bit of a quick one. I've got a couple of thoughts here early on uh, about mainly about Antonio Senzatella's curveball the rest of that game the evening game I'll talk about on the future podcast then we're going to jump into a handful of off topic things and some Q&A basically uh, wanted to just do this first segment though and mention that we all need to be paying very very close attention to Antonio Senzatella's breaking ball. This could be one of the biggest, you know, people talk about off-season acquisitions, and I've made this point many, many times before. They tend to think of players or, uh, well, pretty much just players. But one of the biggest off-season acquisitions for the Colorado Rockies may end up being a serviceable breaking ball for Antonio Senzatella. Obviously, we're looking at just one game here, and he was taking advantage of the fact that the the hitters were very clearly not looking for his breaking ball because he hasn't thrown one very much. He's been a fastball first, second, and third guy for most of his career. It's what he's been able to get to the big leagues on, and it's even what he's been able to find some success in the big leagues on. The, the breaking pitches have never even been close to major league average, and what he was throwing last night was an above average looking curveball that was getting big swings and misses. He was throwing it for a strike and out of the zone. Now he might've just been hot for 
an evening, but this is absolutely a development. He's also 25. It's not unreasonable to think that he would... A lot of guys are still trying to figure out how to best throw their breaking pitches against major league hitters in their mid-20s. Sensatella is putting his... It looks like he's putting his years of experience to work. Uh, he's He looks like he's in fantastic shape. That was something he really needed to do. Lose a little bit of, of bad weight, gain a little bit of good weight. But, I mean, the breaking ball was worlds better than it has ever been before. He's doing something different with it. I got to get down there and talk to them about it. I don't know if it's a grip. I don't know if it's a delivery. I don't know if he's just now finally figuring out the way he needs to figure it out. But it led directly to four strikeouts over three innings, and that was Sensatella's biggest problem last year. Even when he was going well, he gives up way too much contact. He can't get swings and misses often enough. And the reason for that is because everybody knows his best pitch is a fastball. So when he's on, they have a hard time lining up the fastball and you know, they, he gives up weak contact, but doesn't get the strikeouts, but the breaking pitches just haven't been good enough to the, the phrases, keep guys honest. Uh, guys were not being honest last night. They were sitting on fastball, hacking at fastball and getting curveball and looking silly. And it, it, you could see Sensatella's confidence in it growing. This could be a major, major development, not just for Antonio Sensatella, but obviously for the Colorado Rockies pitching staff. If you can insert a 25-year-old who has, we've talked about wins and losses, and Manny's not here to fight me on it, and I'm mostly not about the wins anymore, but Antonio Sensatella has figured out a way to win baseball games basically on just a fastball and below average breaking pitches. If he can get it to being a league average curveball slider he was throwing kind of a little bit of both the curveball was incredible it, re- it was blowing me away just because I, and part of it's just how bad it had been before but this is this could be a big development if this continues to be a thing throughout spring if he's getting swings and misses on his breaking ball the back end of the Colorado Rockies rotation just got a huge injection of potential for the 2020 season. I've always been a believer in Sensatella's competitive spirit and his mind for pitching, but it's very difficult. The reason you see so many of the ups and downs is because he's been so reliant on his fastball, which is a good fastball. And it's why he's found some success, but man, this could be huge if he could pair it with a quality breaking pitch offering. So, I'm going to, like I said, make this one kind of quick today and want to jump into a few of the fan questions that we've got here in just a little bit and want to go through a couple of little, very brief off-topic things. Going to introduce a segment a little bit later on. But before I can do all of that, got to tell you about a repartnership. Very excited that we're back with In We Go. Uh, It really is just one of the coolest services for anybody who likes getting out of the house, going to sporting events, going to music, going to comedy, whatever you're into. It's a one-stop shop for all types of events around Denver. Members get to tickets to sporting events, concerts, local events, all included in one flat membership fee. If you use the code DNVR, 
just a try and we go for a month for free. It's a $45 value. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. If you go to one event a month, this thing is going to more than pay for itself. Uh, there's all kinds of cool stuff coming up here soon. Obviously, I mean, some of them are going to be Rockies games. There's Rockies games, Nuggets games, Avs games. They're always on there. Um, I, I don't know what concerts are coming up soon. I know the Silver Sun pickups were just in town. I saw they were on the In We Go. There are uh, Netflix events that go on in, in the city. There's other cities besides Denver where you can get In We, in we Go. But whatever you do, man you got to check out this service. It's not every single game, but they've got so many opportunities for you to go to all the sporting events that you love, plus concerts and comedy events. Uh, it really is a great opportunity to get in on something like this. We're going to be at a lot of these events too, so it's another chance for you to run into all of us in the DNVR crew. So use that code DNVR. You'll get to try it for a month for free. If it's not for you, it's easy to cancel. There's no fees. But if you try it out and you end up going to a couple of things, I promise you're going to love the event. It's become uh, one of our favorite things to do. And the DNVR staff is say, hey, you guys see and we go has got this event. Let's all go out because we've got the thing and you don't have to rebudget. You know, you've got your monthly event budget and you can just go to as many events as you want and denver is the place to be getting that done all right today my mind has mostly been on things i've discussed on this podcast before that aren't directly rockies related so i wasn't sure how much i really wanted to dive back into the houston astros thing for example there have been a few more comments and i've had some conversations back and forth with people about some of the the deeper nuances some questions i haven't answered yet um for example i've been asked you know why you know, what about the immunity? And I haven't really directly discussed that. The fact that, you know, I've made a big deal about players not getting suspended. And, it, you know, it turns out they really couldn't have been because there was this immunity worked out between Rob Manfred and the players union. My quick response to that is simply that that, that only kicks the can down the road for what particularly I'm mad at Manfred or who I'm mad at. I can be mad at the players union as well for negotiating a bad deal on behalf of some of their members, but in in hurting uh, a great number of their other members. And so, you know, that, that in and of itself, what I would basically say to those people, the short response is Rob Manfred didn't have to negotiate that immunity in the first place. They could have done a negotiation that didn't require uh, the Astros telling on themselves and getting immunity in order to do so in order to get the truth. Um, there were other methodologies there that, that could have been taken. And so I, I've got a few other thoughts on, you know, things like that. So some people have, you know, suggested, you know, there's some data coming out now that actually maybe this didn't really help the Astros that much because, there's a suggestion that kind of the batting averages were relatively similar and that they didn't have some huge home field advantage like you think that they would and all these little data points coming out saying, hey, maybe it wasn't that big a deal. 
Um, first of all, I'll just maybe cut right to the heart of that one and say there is no amount of explaining it away. You can, I said this to somebody on Twitter today, and first of all, I there's a lot of holes in the arguments that are being made. I could go line by line and explain why the data that's being presented in some of these pieces suggesting the Astros weren't that effective at cheating. Uh, first of all, it's it's going to be almost impossible to prove that, they that their cheating wasn't what put them over the top. There's almost no way to prove that. That's one of the bad things about cheating is you can't prove one way or the other what the difference maker was. And pointing at certain statistics and certain instances is never going to be able to do that. It's the same thing with bad calls because every element of the cheating changes in nature. It's like when you're doing science, you need a control. You need to be able to control for the difference between trash cans and not trash cans. Or if it's a bad call, you need a control that tells you what would have happened if that 3-2 pitch was called a strike like it should have been. And we don't have one because the real world doesn't exist that way. There's no way to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt one way or the other that a bad call ever is what cost a team the game, even though a lot of times we know it is. It's the same thing with cheating. Like you can run through the data all day and find times I've even seen some people suggesting, you know, in some parts, it may have hurt the Astros because they thought for sure they knew what was coming and it turned out they got it wrong, which by the way, is just the risk you take with sign stealing anyway. That's not the point. Anybody who thinks they've cracked a code and relayed a sign to the guy at the plate, if they're wrong, yeah, that's going to make you swing with an overabundance of confidence at a pitch that it turns out is not coming, which means you're going to look like an idiot. But that happens. The point is, what did the Astro system allow them to do to dramatically reduce that risk? Not to completely eliminate it. Of course, they still sometimes got it wrong and swung badly at a pitch they thought they had predicted and didn't. But that happens for every team in baseball. The point is that it happened way less for the Houston Astros. That's the whole kit and caboodle right there. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to just kind of deal with those issues. The bottom line there is that there's no amount, even if you could prove, and you can't, but even if you could prove that the Astros cheating is not what put them over the top, that it is not what won them the World Series, that Altuve would have been MVP. Like, I've seen some people coming out with the stuff like, Altuve got fewer trash can bangs than anybody else, and he was really reluctant to it. Like, miss me with that. I, that's, <laughs> he got less of an advantage over everybody else in baseball than some of his other teammates had? No, 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 no. But even if you could prove that, even if you could prove that Altuve benefited less than everybody else and he would have been MVP anyway and the Astros would have won the World Series anyway, it doesn't matter. It, it earnestly does not. It doesn't change the fact that they implemented an extraordinary cheating scheme that undercuts the concept of how baseball is supposed to be played. Like that's, so, so it's an unprovable thing in the first place, but I'm not sure to what end 
like trying to say that they weren't effective cheaters. It's essentially the same thing as saying, well, Matt Hurgis took steroids too. Therefore, it doesn't matter that Barry Bonds took steroids because obviously steroids doesn't make you into a phenomenal ball player all by your own. There were journeymen, you can point to journeymen who, who, who took PEDs and say, well, it clearly doesn't make you a good ball player, therefore it didn't do anything to Barry Bonds. That's bad logic and it's not true. It's not how it works. It's just not how it works. And you can cross-apply the logic across the board. But anyway, I'm done talking about cheaters for a little while, hopefully. Anyway, send me in some questions, whatever y'all want to talk about. I do think that this would be a good time because uh, I'm just kind of waiting on a couple things to go through. I'm also packing to go down to spring training and getting ready for all of that. Uh, I think this would be a good time to introduce a new segment that Patrick and I are going to do on here, and we're going to keep them at the ends of podcasts. We're calling it Extra Innings, where he and I are just going to talk a little bit more about non-baseball things. So sorry to the people who really only want to hear about baseball, and I can be very particular about this with my podcasts as well. So I totally understand if this isn't your thing. I used to listen to Bill Simmons all the time, and whenever they would start talking about reality television right in the middle of the basketball analysis, I would just get really frustrated and not know when are they going to get back on track. So we're not going to do that. We're going to have a special segment and we're going to put them at the ends of shows, not all the time, just whenever we feel like we've got something that we want to talk about that's outside the realm. We'll try to keep them to five minutes, 10 minutes at most. The Broncos guys at DNVR go on and on and on about The Bachelor, which I just cannot stand. And so, uh, but so I, again, I appreciate and understand anyone for whom uh, this is not your thing, but uh, I did want to jump into one off-topic thing today uh, just because I thought, and then I'll have this question, which will be a, a back on the baseball thing. I'll, I'll do a very quick one. This, this won't even go the five minutes. I wanted to give you my quick review of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, only because I enjoy movies quite a bit, as you all have come to learn. I enjoy video games quite a bit, and this was an interesting little thing. I had a lot of thoughts, and I feel like I've got a solid recommendation, because I would recommend this movie to anybody who enjoys video games, um, if you've got kids, or just enjoy, you know, kind of general family-friendly fare. If you like big blockbustery things, if you're a big fan of the green solution, <laughs> um, other than that, probably won't be your thing. There's not much that's going to set Sonic the Hedgehog apart from your kind of standard blockbuster popcorn flick uh, in the summertime. There's some fun special effects. It's funny, but probably not funny enough that if you don't get all of the references to the video games and those kinds of things, it's probably not going to be for you. Um, but if you're a fan of games like, or and if you know the history of video games being made into mostly awful movies, this was just a solid flick. It was nice to see a real icon of that industry. It's kind of amazing to me that Sonic the Hedgehog has never been in a live action flick, considering how popular he was um, when I was a kid. But I thought it was really cool to see a movie that was just good. It, you know, not great, but it was just good, 
a solid movie. Uh, I, I highly recommend it unless you just think those things are, it's just not your thing. It's not going to win you over. All right, let's get back on track here because now we got some baseball questions coming in. want to start with this first one from at KK421602. says, is there anybody that will give up a legitimate prospect for Charlie Blackman? Uh, maybe. I, I, I think that's possible. It's probably not going to happen right now. Any team that's going to be trading for Charlie Blackman needs to know a few things about themselves going into the season. The Rockies would want to know some things. And we would all want to know some things about Charlie Blackman. He's getting up there in age a little bit. A lot of people are expecting Charlie to fall off and stop being productive for a long time. A lot of these same people never expected him to become productive in the first place. My expectation of Charlie is that he will continue to rake and that will make things very interesting for the Rockies and any potential suitors. Um, yeah, I, I think that if he does keep hitting, teams will finally just admit that the guy can hit and an American League team being able to put him at DH for the rest of his contract is going to get their value out of him and it could very easily put them over the top to compete. He's the kind of guy, if you've got an offense that's, you know, 10th in the American League, but your pitching staff is hanging in there and you really could use some punch at DH, I'd trade a prospect for Charlie Blackman. The guy can rake and he's not going to stop. Now, at the same time, it may be the case that Charlie Blackman is anchoring the Rockies lineup as they're sticking around in the wild card race. And if that's the case, which I think is the most likely outcome, honestly, then I don't think that it's a good idea for the Rockies to move Charlie Blackman. I just don't think he's as big a problem on the roster or on the books as a lot of people seem to, especially if the DH is going to come to the National League in 2021. If the DH is really going to come to the National League in 2021, there's two things you should know about that. One, the Rockies have known about it for a while. And two, everyone should stop considering a trade for Charlie Blackman. Deal with his defense in right field for one more year and just don't. There's no reason to. There's He's not overpaid, especially if he can just hit. He's not going to stop until he just can't stand up anymore. Uh, at Trewartha, Sean says, what do I need to know about Jose Mujica? Is he a lock to make the bullpen roster? He's not a lock to make anything right now. The thing working against 23-year-old Jose Mujica, who missed all of last season with Tommy John surgery, but before that was putting up really impressive numbers for the Rays in AAA um, at age 21. He's got options, and other guys don't. And so it's likely here, unless I'm mistaken on that with him, I know the other guys don't have options. Let me double check that, but I'm pretty sure, you know, the unless he pitches lights out in spring training, <clears throat> or, I mean, I could I could see them DFAing Hoffman, even though Hoffman's going to get picked up in a, in a heartbeat because of the raw stuff that he has. And if he doesn't perform, you know, there's there's a, a tough mix here for the Rockies. It's interesting because I think we almost all agree that they could have, should have, would have gone out and got some pitching help. But as you look at here, there's going to be a crunch. They've got two rotation spots for three guys who are out of options. Chichi Gonzalez, Jeff Hoffman, Antonio Sensatella. 
Now, a lot of people are fine getting rid of one of any of those guys, maybe even all of them. A lot, a lot of fans out there aren't especially impressed with any of the three of them. But getting rid of assets for nothing is always a difficult position to be in. And so, especially with guys like Sensatella and Hoffman, who are young, Hoffman, who's had the raw stuff, Sensatella, who's shown uh, an ability to compete in the big leagues, and Chichi, who's got a certain pedigree, and I think he could be coming around as well. So they've got the inside track now. If they pitch well, those guys will be on the roster, and that's going to leave out uh, somebody who's younger and has options like Mujica. But I do think that he's got a really high ceiling. I'm very excited to see more out of him. I think he's he's got the chance to be along with, I think it's pronounced, I've been saying Elias Diaz. I believe it's Elias. I need to double check on that as well. Uh, the catcher who continues to just put bat on ball. Just do that. He keeps doing that. He's going to win a lot of fans real quick. Put bat on ball. Good formula for success. Um, but... So I think he's going to be one of those guys we're looking back on say, well, off-season acquisition, you know, and same thing with Mujica, actually. He, he's going to be, he's going to be really, really interesting. Adam says, how do you see the Rockies using their five-man bench? Right now, I have Diaz Butera, so backup catcher, Desmond, and Hampson as locks. Okay, right, right, right. Then Daza and Hilliard fighting for a spot. Then Owings, Fuentes, Mundell, and Nevin fighting for the other spot. Yeah, I think you, you've pretty much lined it up there. There are always other people that with really, really hot springs could work their ways into those conversations. But I think you've pretty much got the depth chart as it is right now. Um... I'd give Hilliard the edge over Daza, and I might honestly give Owings the edge right now, a veteran to fill out the roster, uh, give Fuentes a little bit more time to season and grow, Mundell can use, a, and Nevin, all those guys can use just a bit more time in AAA, and so if Owings... You know, he can also play pretty decent defense up the middle, uh, have a veteran presence there a little bit. But Mundell would be really interesting as a power option off the bench. But yeah, that's that's pretty much the bench battle as it is. David says, what's your favorite section of Coors Field to watch a game? It's been a little while since I've watched a game from out in the stands uh, but it was always just kind of up the first baseline behind the Rockies dugout. You see the guys run in uh, after the inning, and maybe they'll throw the ball up to you. Um, you get a pretty good layout. You obviously can't see pitches very well, so you know right behind home plate is always my second go-to just because I'm so into the battle of of pitcher and batter and what's being thrown, especially when guys don't know what's coming. It's really interesting. And so, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, those would probably be my spots, but there's really only one place at Coors Field that is, is for me, not a great place to watch the game. And that's tucked way back into the right center field, like foul corner, like way in the extreme right center there. 
like a lot of the field can be obstructed from there. But that's the only place. Everywhere else is it's pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, so Adam says to run through this real quick. Uh, the pitching staff can avoid DFAs by having Marquez Gray, Freeland, Sensa, and Chichi, and the four back spots of the pen being Shaw, McGee, Almonte, and Hoffman. Not what I would do, but might be what the Rocks do. This is where I I really think they got to ratchet up the pressure on Sean McGee. There's just so many incentives, everything from money to what you just mentioned, to if Mujica and Collins and I, I, Pazos might be in your top part of the bullpen, depending on how you look at it. But if these other guys outpitch him, that's where you, you know, if you're going to place the some faith in Jeff Hoppin and, and think that he's going to figure it out eventually. And I think that that's a fair thing to do. You know, you, you've got to view your your faith in those guys as a kind of reservoir, a, a limited resource of reservoir. And you can't give all that faith to Hoffman and to Shaw and to McGee. Especially if they keep all allowing runs throughout the spring and those other guys aren't. You got to pick one, cut bait, at least one. Get these younger guys in there with some high ceilings, the opportunity to be a a difference maker this season. Cole, I have no idea how Riley Pint's doing. I'll check in on that and get back to you. And I'll close out here because this was partially also our extra innings segment, uh, a little bit of a bonus element of the podcast today. But Will says, did you see that Todd Helton's going to be in MLB The Show 20? I did. That was pointed out to uh, uh, to me by a couple of people yesterday and i'm very excited about it i would very much like to see larry walker get in there as well but i'm excited about a lot of the additions and and changes they they seem to have added a lot of nuance to the outfield defense to defense just in general uh it it needed a makeover in that way so i'm very excited i'll be streaming some games of mlb the show uh i'll try to get those links out so that all of you can join me for those chats. Sometimes those are a lot of fun to just talk with all of you while I'm playing video games and, and talking about the upcoming season and sometimes even a little baseball strategy because that's that's what those things are about to some extent. So evening game tonight, uh, I might get this up before or after that, uh, depending on uh, how the packing goes and how much goes on in the game, what there is to talk about. The latest, this will be out on Saturday morning. Uh, So there's plenty of time to drink Breck Brew (laughs) in between now and then. There's plenty of time for that. Uh, So thank you all for hanging out with us for this one. Make sure you're following on all the social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. All the other DNVR accounts as well. You know, give them a follow. They're doing really fantastic work over there. If you're not a big fan of the other sports, become one. I've become an Avs fan this year. It's been a lot of fun, and and we're going to be able to convert some of those people back into becoming Rockies fans for the first time. Those poor, unfortunate souls. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be fantastic. So thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits has two locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. These guys are locally owned 
and have a massive selection, carry our personal favorite Breckenridge brews, and offer delivery to your door. Download their app today for incredible deals and sign up for their loyalty program. If you're lazy, get the booze delivered right to your door. It's a really, really fantastic app. It's a great store you can head down to. They've got free tastings on Fridays from 3 to 6 and Saturdays from 1 to 4. You can request products be ordered into the store if they don't have them. If you got a big game coming up, you got a big party coming around, you got whatever's happening. If you're going to have a lot of people at your house, you got to go to Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits to make sure that everyone has something to drink that they're going to enjoy because they'll have something for everybody. And if you download the app, you get incredible deals. You sign up for the loyalty program. You can get stuff delivered right to you, but you just know you're not going to miss out on any of those deals. So you don't have to pay more than you otherwise would. You don't want to be overpaying. You want to have a fun time having a party and getting all of your Breckenridge brews delivered right to you by our friends at Davidson's.